Good morning, a rare morning podcast for the Road to Rome group today. I am Jackson Fuller, as always, joined by my esteemed colleague and friend, Connor Keenan. Uh, we immediate after the immediate uh, aftermath, I guess, of our recording last week, we realized we didn't talk about any other sports other than golf. So, Connor, is there anything you specifically want to talk about today before we jump into the Wells Fargo? I know potentially a difficult weekend for you with the Warriors and Manchester United, but is there anything you want to vent about, get off your chest and rant before we, we dive into the Wells Fargo Championship? Uh, good morning, Jackson. Firstly, I think if I'm going to vent about something, I'm going to vent about the fact that you brought this topic up on the weekend at all. My sports team to loss rather than <laughs> last weekend, which was, uh, which was an excellent weekend. Um, uh, I don't have that much to say. I'd like the referees in the Warriors-Lakers playoff series to maybe wise up a bit, but I think they're deservedly up a game 2-1 as it, as, as it stands as we record this. Uh, and David Ahez sucks at football, so I mean, not much to say on the Man United front. Getting a bit, uh, getting a bit, bit uncomfortable as we, we limp over the finish line here at the end of the season. But uh, I've coffee in hand, uh, ready to talk some golf. Yeah, that, that seemed to be the the nail in the coffin, I think, maybe for David De Gea's time at, at United. But we'll see. Uh, crazier things have happened in uh, United and overall Premier League goalkeeper decisions in recent years. Uh, speaking as a as a fan of a club that right now has two goalkeepers, which really means you don't have any, um, as the old saying goes. So, uh, yeah, a really kind of... I think we were set up going into Saturday for what could be a fun weekend at the Wells Fargo. Uh, didn't really pan out that way in my mind. Uh, Wyndham Clark kind of just ran away with it. and uh, No one else was really able to catch him. Uh, I know we will have some some heated Xander Schauffele takes in a little bit, but Mr. Clark, Wyndham Clark from uh, Colorado, University of Oregon, Turned pro 2017. This is his first PGA Tour victory. He, uh, you know, admitted after the round or after the win on Sunday that he thought we would, he would have had one of these earlier, but well worth the wait. Uh, 19 under to beat Xander by four shots. And then the next closest after Xander was Harris English and Terrell Hatton at 12 under. So that's a seven shot disparity. I mean, he really just kind of blew away the field this week. He was a trendy pick with his length and distance. But on Sunday, you know, he really wasn't finding the fairway with his driver. I think he found hit three fairways all round. It was just a clinic and approach play, you know, finding a way to get the ball in the hole. What kind of impressed you the most about Wyndham's weekend, Connor? I was surprised at how far he hits the ball. Um, he's not one of the sexier names on the on the leaderboard, and you just sort of maybe unfairly put him in the category of the 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 rest of the field, really. Um, just sort of thrown in with all the other generic American golfers at the PGA Tour, just sort of churns out in the college system, sort of churns out. Um, as you mentioned, 134 starts is his first win, so um, it's taken him a while, but. I uh, this week just didn't have a whole lot of juice for for me, so it was Sunday was a bit meh. I think this is one of the 
the the few occasions this year in which the PGA Tour haven't just been served a victory on a silver platter. One of those weeks with obviously Ram missing out, or well, Ram missing out, Ram choosing to skip, Scheffler's choosing to skip. Just felt like a week that just lacked a bit of energy. Obviously, the the course has something to do with that. I'm not the biggest fan of Quill Hollow. I apologize to you as a man from North Carolina. Nothing against your beautiful state. It's just if <laughs> if we're gonna go to a golf course every year and play a major there and have a President's Cup there all within five years. Um, I would like it to be a, a sort of more entertaining golf course than, than Quail Hollow. But Wyndham just went out there and got it. And um, we we can talk about Shawfley in, in a moment, but I'd like to firstly give props to Wyndham Clark because he deserves it. He's This is a Ryder Cup podcast. He's now thrown himself into that conversation for one of the final two spots that we were talking about last week. Um, the guy hits it a mile, pots well. Uh, I mean, yeah, plenty of time to go for, before the Ryder Cup. He can. He's now qualified for the majors. He can make his statements. Um, just, yeah, I'm... I'm I'm happy for him, and it was a, a a fully fully deserved win that he went and grabbed the two halves and didn't even give Sam Shoffley a, a sniff in the last few hours. Yeah, a, a lot to kind of piggyback off you. I think uh, on Quail really quickly. Uh, it's just it's just a place where it's out really like you know the shots are right there out in front of you. Um, you don't have to get too creative, and I think professionals the majority of them kind of like that and uh, they really like this place Um, I remember covering this tournament when it came to Wilmington my hometown the year that quail hosted the PGA and uh, the the, I remember talking to the players and them saying oh you know we love we love quail hollow so it's kind of a weird thing being uh, away from that for this tournament and I just think that it has such a you know elevated place in the player's mindset. That's the primary reason it gets all of these kind of big tournaments and it's a designated event and it's going to get another PGA. Uh, But I agree with you. It's not necessarily the most exciting course. Um, Wyndham, I think, I think he, we let's, let's just talk about his chances at the Ryder cup and making the team. I think he's firmly in the conversation. I do think he's on the outside looking in still like by a good ways. And one of the reasons why is I think if this tournament was going to be at Whistling Straits or somewhere in America, that maybe he perhaps he'd be more of a fit. But going to Europe, I know that, you know, the fairways are going to be super narrow and the rough's going to be super, you know, pretty long when you miss the fairway. And it is not necessarily the driving contest that we see week in and week out on the PGA Tour. He's ninth in driving distance this year but 173rd in driving accuracy that kind of scares me I saw a uh, picture I think from DJ Pihowski with no laying up on his Instagram of the like the rough they were in they were at Marco Simone this weekend and they the, the rough is like half of my size like literally three feet tall and uh, that's that's not something I want a guy that's 173rd in driving accuracy but look if he if he keeps going on and winning this year, which I think there is a good chance he knocks off another victory. He was trending heavily coming into this weekend. He was a really, you know, like like likable pick at the Wells Fargo just because of his fit with the course. 
Uh, I think he's going to definitely put himself in the conversation. Uh, if like if you had to give me between him, Ricky Fowler, Keegan Bradley, uh, those are you know three guys that we kind of discussed last weekend. I would put him probably ahead of Keegan Bradley, but behind Ricky Fowler, just because of Ricky's consistency and experience with those guys. But again, he he could play his way into unquestionable, you know, Ryder Cup player this year, and that's going to be kind of an interesting storyline to follow the the rest of the summer, especially as we head to uh, a place in Oak Hill that it seems like it's going to reward long hitters pretty heavily. And uh, that's a, that's a great fit for, for Wyndham Clark. Yeah. It's um, when you compare him to the, to the other guys who are sort of battling for that last spot, it's like, I'd even throw Kirk Kitayama's name in there. He won Bay Hill only a few weeks ago. It's like, how much value are you putting on one victory um, compared to like consistent golf? Like Fowler hasn't won, but he's just racking off top twenties. Um, Whereas, like, Wyndham hasn't been up there as much, but he has missed a cut since October. So he's just playing really solid, consistent golf, which you say that driving side of driving accuracy, and you're like, how does this guy? <laughs> like, obviously, he's hitting it a mile, but it's just PGA Tour golf, isn't it? Like, you just bomb it and then deal with the consequences. You'll probably get a drop from a camera tower or something. It's one, or there will or be fire ants or something Bryson DeChambeau style um, in terms of you can just hit it anywhere and get away with it to an extent um, yeah it's it's the question how much value are you putting how much weight are you putting in, in a victory over just like consistent top 20s I would agree with you that he's on the outside looking in I would agree with you that I would probably put Fowler ahead of him I'd probably put Keegan Bradley ahead of him as well um, but as we said, there's, there's a long way to go. He's, he's, he's into the majors now. If he can post a top 10, the major, and then maybe another PGA Tour victory, he's, he's really, he's handing a CV to the, to the American team that's going to be right at the top of the list and that they'll, they will have no choice but to consider, uh, heading to Italy. And look, he, on Saturday, he hit the fairway pretty consistently, um, and he shot 63, you know? So it's like, that's kind of how, that's the recipe for him, is like when he does start hitting the fairway and, you know, really, really taking advantage of the length that he has, then he can go out and post these ridiculously low numbers that not many people on tour can can produce. You know, that's, I think... A 63 at Quail Hollow is not something that, you know, you, we see every year. Uh, and I'm pretty sure that was the low round of the entire tournament this weekend. And one Xander Shoffle was right behind him Saturday with a 64. Uh, last thing on Wyndham, uh, the stat, yeah, 10 out of 14 fairways on Saturday. And then he hit three on Sunday. So, look, maybe this, this win is the confidence he needs to kind of, steady steady his driving ship and uh become a more consistent player but one player who is super consistent Xander Shoffley uh second place I think this was a I don't really like to say second place is disappointing too often this was a disappointing second place he walked off the seventh green with a stroke advantage after trailing by two entering Sunday 
and he completely melted down, losing five shots on the next five holes to Wyndham Clark. Uh, a really big missed opportunity for Xander. It was kind of startling looking at his Wikipedia page yesterday as this meltdown was un- unfolding that we think of him as, you know, he's won a lot of events on the PGA Tour and he just hasn't gotten it done at the majors, which is true, but he's racked up those wins in a very, you know, short uh really constricted amount of time. He won three times last year, but before that he hadn't won since 2019. I'm worried maybe like, are we headed to another drought now with this guy where he's just going to finish top 10 all the time and and not rack up a win. Uh, Yesterday was pretty concerning for my, my Xander Shoffley fandom. uh, But I know this was no surprise at all to yourself, Connor. No surprise at all. Um, the guy has so much talent and absolutely no killer ability um, or what feels like no killer ability. Um, he feels like Tommy Fleetwood on steroids so in the sense that <laughs> he's always up there, right? And like, you just know deep down, like we're, we're sitting on the front line there or the, the start of the back nine yesterday, he's what, two back? Greenside bunker, him, both him and Wyndham are in the greenside bunker. I think it was on eleven, and I'm sitting there and it's like, like I, I, I had a couple things to do. Not that I was going to turn the golf off, but I was like, could I just sort of put this on my phone and continue working away around the house? Uh, got, got, a, got a couple things to do here. Is Xander going to come back and win this? No, he's not. A different player, maybe put like, I mean. Just go through the leaderboard here. Like, Adam Scott could have came back. I would have more faith in him coming back. Uh, Homer could have. JT could have. Help. Seamus Power might have. I just, like, I just have, I have no faith in Xander to go out there and just, like, do what Wyndham just did and just take the tournament by two hands and run with it on the back nine. Like, we're looking at his his PGA Tour victories, he's got seven of them. Obviously three last year. The Zero Classic doesn't count because it's a it's with Patrick Cantley. It's a it's a team event. The Travelers Championship, okay. The Genesis Scottish Open, okay. I'm not a huge fan of the golf course, but I mean is there one signature win yet? Obviously he won the tour championship back in twenty seventeen, but that's a long time ago. For a guy of this like this this quality he he gets picked by guys at majors all the time. It's like, yeah, it's Xander's time. It's Xander's time. Based off what Evans? Like, awesome in the Ryder Cup. This is a Ryder Cup podcast. So, obviously, he's going to be great for that. But in terms of, like, the individual sport and going out there and just taking these victories, he just doesn't have it. And it's just feels like a not a waste of talent. I don't know if this is harsh. This feels harsh, but... It's it's a, like I feel like I'm being harsh because I respect him that much because he's such a good golf game and he should win a lot more than he does and he should win bigger tournaments than he does. There's no reason why Xander Shoffley should not have a major championship by now. It's just that he just can't go out there and grab it like the other the other big guys can. And for a guy who's always almost always in the top ten in the world, it's it's disappointing. Yeah, I think that the most important part of Xander's resume right now is his like, he doesn't have a major, but
but he still has, you know, six, seven, eight, nine, ten top tens in major championships since 2017, um, which is like super impressive. But it also is kind of like, like you said, like at one of those, you would expect this guy who's one of the most talented players in the world to just go out there and grab it. And he hasn't done it yet. Um, I think, you know, I think his best chance was the 2021 masters where he finished T three or even the 2019 masters when um, he finished top T two. Like, it just seems like he's got the game where he can hit the ball and pretty much any way he wants, he can shape it, you know, hit a draw, hit a fade. And for whatever reason, man, he just like, he just makes some really, really dumb mistakes. Uh, and like yesterday there was a two hole stretch. I can't remember exactly when, but it was like one hole. He played it super safe. And he hit the shot that like he needed to hit, like he he couldn't really take on the pin. So he hit the shot to the middle of the green, but it ended up a little further from the hole than he would have liked. And he three putted. And then the next hole, he went the complete opposite mindset and got super aggressive and went at the pin and missed it short sided into a bunker. And both of those like holes ended up, I'm pretty sure in bogey or it definitely ended up in a lost shot to Wyndham. And it's like, you can't, you can't like, I think that's the sign of someone that is not necessarily as like super confident in his mindset on a final round. Like when you're playing blackjack, you should either hit on 15 every single time, or you should stay on 15 every single time or 16, whatever that number is. You got to find your number and you have to stay the course with the game plan. He, his game plan gets changes throughout the final round Sunday. And, uh, that's just, that's not a, a, a recipe for success. I think you have to find a game plan. You have to be confident enough in it to stick with it through, you know, the good and the bad. And look, I mean, he was up by one. He gave the shot, uh, a shot back on eight. He had two bogeys over the next three holes. Like there was still an avenue for him to come back and win this thing. But I think Wyndham Clark really shut the door down. Uh, Moving on from our top two, I think Connor A was a good weekend for Team Europe in a lot of ways uh, on the leaderboard with, uh, you know, Tommy Fleetwood and and Terrell Hatton both finishing inside the the top five. You mentioned Seamus Power. He had a good showing. Uh, Matt Fitzpatrick inside, uh, you know, the top 30, I think, uh, and then, or excuse me, top 40. And one Francesco Molinari also inside the top 40, I think, uh, I think confidence has to be growing with Team Europe on the Fleetwood Fitzpatrick Hatton front. These guys seem and Hovland. They, you know, we talked about earlier in our in the season about how it seemed like it was Rory and Rom and no one else was in form. I think you've got those six guys in very very good form now as the Ryder Cup's getting closer and closer. One hundred percent. I'm really, really impressed by Tyrrell Hatton this season. Um, the guy is absolutely striping the golf ball, and it feels like just a matter of time until he wins. Um, and I'm, and I'm, I get frustrated with Tommy Fleetwood, but when he keeps getting in that in contention, obviously, as I said, Xander Shaw plays like Tommy Fleetwood on steroids. What I said for Xander is exactly how I feel for Fleetwood. The guy just can't get it done in America, and it's just frustrating because it's a waste of talent. I don't think he has nearly the amount of talent that Xander does, but the fact that he's still up there, he was in the wilderness a bit over the last few years, and now he's up there competing. Um, like his one under seventy 
on the on Sunday, starting with a bogey on three and a bogey on six is just prime Tommy Fleetwood. It's like go out there and post a sixty six, Tommy. Put, throw yourself into the mix, and he just never does it on the Sunday. But in terms of the Ryder Cup, these are only encouraging signs that he that he's up there. I really like what Seamus Power is doing as well. I don't think he's playing as well as he was last year, but the fact that he's up there once again, um, I think he's looking really strong to to be in that team come September. Just back to the Fowler conversation, just consistent top 20s, top 30s. How much value do you put in that over wins? It's likely that Seamus won't win this year on the PGA Tour, but I can see him getting in the mix in a few competitions. Um, and just that sort of consistency will bode well when it comes to when it comes time to Luke Donald picking his team. And hell, if if Seamus can rack off a win, he might even qualify uh, automatically. Obviously, a win in Europe would help. So it'll be interesting to see how much he plays in Europe over the summer because he's typically played a lot in America. Um, but Ryder Cup year, he could change his schedule a bit. Um, yeah. Uh, Matt, Matty Fitz, T35, okay. Good to see signs of life for Francesco Molinari, but he's one of the guys who I've been a bit disappointed by this year because I think he really could have played himself into the team, but his form just goes up and down like a like a seesaw, so it's hard to say where his game is at. But overall, when I look at this leaderboard, I think it's a, I think it's a good, good week for the Europeans. Yeah, I think it, you know, It'll be though like Team Europe's. It's going to be a struggle, kind of filling out the bottom of that roster as we kind of went through last week. That makes the top six, top seven, even more. You know, it's even more of a requirement that they're playing exceptional golf heading into the tournament. And I think for the most part, they are right now. I have a new name that I cannot believe I'm saying, but I think we have to throw into the conversation for a Ryder Cup spot, and we just have to monitor it. If we're going to do Ricky Fowler, uh, there's a guy for Team USA who now has um, six top 20s. Hold on one second. Let me check. Let me go back and check. Where did he finish this weekend? No. Six top 30s in his last uh, 10 starts. He In his last four starts, he's got he's been in the top 30 every time, and that includes two top 10s. And that is one Matt Kuchar. I like I, I pulled up the data golf rankings to last night to kind of see, you know, they've got a great um, Ryder Cup feature where they rank all of the, you know, players from the two con uh, from America, from Europe, their like their probability and stuff. And, um, you know, some of this has to do like with too much of a big picture of looking at the entire year and not enough where guys are right now. Like, um, but the name there, there's three names bunched up all together, uh, ranked 26th, 27th and 28th on data golf's rankings. And that's Wyndham Clark at 26, Ricky Fowler at 27 and Matt Kuchar at 28 and Kuchar, you know, for what it's worth, he doesn't have a terrible Ryder cup record in his career. He's six, seven and two. That's obviously under 500, but he's not necessarily ever been one of the top, you know, top dogs for Team USA. I don't necessarily want that to happen, but I'm just saying I think it, we have to start monitoring Matt Kuchar with uh, the summer events heating up because 
he is the type of golfer I think that his game would fit pretty well at Marco Simone with hitting fairways and and you know just getting it on the green and and two putting for par and putting the pressure on your opponent. He certainly has the experience going for him. Uh, he's played 15 matches in the Ryder Cup across four Ryder Cups. I think he was in four straight between 2010 and, and 2016. I thought you were going to say JJ Spawn there. I was going to endorse that message. Um, but, um, <laughs> I mean, it's an outside shot. If he can just sort of keep posting consistent top 10s, top 20s, who knows? But I think... It feels more so on the American side that one guy is just going to get like a signature win of one of the one of the big tournaments and sort of separate himself. I'd be very surprised if Kucher makes the team, but who knows? You can't rule anything out yet. Long way to go. All right, let's let's clear the floor. Uh, you know how you know. Let's give you some time to brag about Mr. Adrian Moronk who won the Italian Open this weekend at, of course, won uh, Marco Simone Golf Club. Uh, we kind of, we all overreacted to Big Bob McIntyre winning there last year in the same course and thinking, oh, he's definitely going to make the Ryder Cup now. Uh, a lot's changed since then, but I do think Adrian Moronk, I, it feels like he is just a notch below Justin Rose for me in the sense that I think he's a Ryder Cup lock at this point right like he's he's dominating on the european tour or the dp world tour excuse me and he's playing some exceptional golf it's uh you you've kind of been beating the adrian morant drum for a couple months now and i think it, i think you're going to be proven right the first the first poll to uh, qualify for the Ryder cup eventually yeah, the, the Adrian Moronk's uh, stock that I purchased at the start of the year is looking great. It's like Bitcoin back in 2020 or whenever it was. Um, yeah, what what a statement this is. It's his third victory in a National Open, and we love National Opens. Won the Irish Open last year, won the Australian Open, and has now won the Italian Open on the Ryder Cup golf course. I don't know if there's many better statements to make than that for your for your Ryder Cup chances uh, after a sort of slow start for the the chasing pack of the Europeans that want to be on the team um the guys playing awesome golf it would be great for European golf to have its first ever Polish player on on the team um he was the first ever Polish player to play the Masters this year missed the cup by one shot unfortunately but the guys playing great golf um, I look at this leaderboard, it doesn't really, uh, I don't know really what to say about this leaderboard. It's um, a slight downgrade on what we were watching uh, at Quail Hollow, but you got to be who's in front of you. And um, Adrian did that, and I, I agree with you. At this moment in time, I think I think my Moronk stock, I'm, I'm not selling any. I'm going to buy more because I really do think he's going to be on this team. I can see him continuing to play well as he has done in in the states and i think when the european tour rolls around i think he's gonna nab one or two victories probably in the national open because he absolutely loves them um and really make a statement um and who knows potentially qualify through the european points list through the european tour so luke donald might not even have to pick him but 
so far so good for Moronk. I think he's probably the most impressive guy of the the chasing pack so far uh, from a European perspective for the Ryder Cup. I agree. I think uh, you the, you know not a great leaderboard, not a great field, but look, Nikolai Hoygaard T five, Victor Perez T nine. Uh, you know, those are names that we just keep seeing popping up. And I think that there is at least for Luke Donald starting to form some consistency within his field of players of guys that play on the DP world tour. Um, don't really come over to America. There's, you know, there's at least starting to rack up some money, some high finishes, and that's going to be a good thing for, for team Europe moving forward. Uh, one of those guys, not necessarily racking up the consistent finishes is Bob McIntyre. I had to withdraw this week. I'm feeling kind of nervous about my uh, assessment that he would definitely be on the Ryder cup team last week, but we'll see still a long way to go Um, real quickly. I think uh, we can wrap up kind of soon, but the LPGA tour Thailand wins the uh, international crown beating Australia. Uh, God match play is fun. I wish there was a way to get more match play on the PGA tour. Um, but alas, it's, uh, the sponsors love their stroke play events where you're going to get to see the biggest players in the world play for four straight rounds. And, uh, I completely understand it, but I do hope that we eventually within the next five to 10 years, as the PGA tour landscape continues to shift, we do get more match play because this was a a fun event to kind of just have on in the background and, and follow along the, uh, the matches that were going on. Uh, anything else from you, Connor? Uh, that's, I think we can, after some really, really busy weeks this week was, you know, kind of all the focus on quail and, uh, we've got the Byron Nelson next week on the PGA tour. And then it's, uh, we're somehow just two weekends away now from, uh, Oak Hill and the PGA championship. Yeah. Um, on the match play, um, aspect of things. Absolutely. I'm excited to see what the, uh, what the, the co-sanctions, um, European or sorry, PGA Tour and LPGA Tour match play tournament. Uh, what how that shapes up in the future? Obviously, they announced that back in January. Um, it feels like a sort of half-hearted effort. So hopefully, they can get a bit of juice going into that. Um, yeah, feels like I I I'm starting to get excited for the Ryder Cup, especially with the with the European Tour events sort of kicking off now they they always have that pretty rubbish stretch over over early spring mid spring where they're going to Kenya and they're going to Korea and they're they're just playing a bit of tournaments for the sake of playing tournaments but now that the the Italian opens the first real national open and then early summer PJ uh BMW PJ championship at Wentworth coming up shortly uh, PGA Championship coming up in two weeks. It really feels like the golf uh, season is is truly kicking into gear now, and it's uh it's exciting because there's a lot to unpack. I thought we would have more answers to what Ryder Cup teams would look like, especially from a European standpoint, at this time of the season, and we still have a lot of questions, um, even on the American side. And I think we're gonna find out a hell of a lot in the next two to three weeks, but then increasing ever more so as the, as the season goes on, which is a, it's, it's a, an exciting time. Yeah, 
definitely. It'll be a fun uh, next couple months with uh, three majors kind of packed in and uh, a lot of intriguing, like you said, DP World Tour events uh, along the way. So awesome. Well, we'll wrap there. Uh, fun, kind of a fun week watching the Wells Fargo. Always good to see my home state on, nas- on national TV, but uh, I'm excited to kind of dive into uh, Byron Nelson slash Oak Hill preview stuff next week. And uh, we will be back next Monday. Thank you all so much for listening. Thank you for joining me, Connor. I hope you have a better sports weekend next weekend. And I promise we will talk about it if you do. It won't be any worse, man. Everyone have a good one.